Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Wanda Howard. I've been so excited for our guest today. Marco Torres is an amazing um, business owner. He does something incredible. Instead of teaching people how to make uh, discounted prices and how to make these sales that is really inconvenient for the people that are selling whatever product they're going through, It's also inconvenient for the people buying because they don't actually appreciate the true value of what they're getting. Instead, he helps business owners know how to change the conversation from stop discounting your value to applying more value and incentives to be able to really rise your sales. And it's really cool conversation because to me, this is a principle of truth that we should never be discounting what we do. We have gifts and talents, every single one of us, and we need to be showing up in the world that way. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Marco has survived several heart surgeries just to be here with us to share this message, to help other business owners thrive, and to be able to share their value in the world. So welcome, Marco, to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Wanda. I'm looking forward to our chat. Yeah. So you have helped over a thousand business owners be able to travel over a million people all over the world. So tell us a little bit more about what you do. That sounds kind of like a, a travel agency, but what what is it that you do? Well, the business I focus on now is called marketingboost.com. I've, I've got several travel companies and uh, this one came about, you know, it's kind of cool to tell the story on how the business even came about because we were in the travel space, my partners and I, we have multiple, uh, uh, one of a very fast moving travel company, but we wanted video testimonials. We were scratching our heads going, what can we do to get, have, if we could only have our clients film selfie testimonials from these resorts we were selling, these hotel stays that they would brag about their hotel brand and ours, we'd leverage that into more sales. And we finally came up with an idea to offer them a bonus trip. Uh, uh, if they would film a selfie video of themselves from the beach resort, pool, bar, what have you, and, and that took off. And before you knew it, we had hundreds. Today, we have over 30,000 video testimonials from happy travelers around the world. But that created a need for us to create our own travel incentive product that so we could fulfill our own complimentary trips we were giving away. So we created what became marketingboost.com today, where we provide business owners around the world the ability to have these travel incentives that they can use to enhance whatever their call to action is rather than discounting. So we have complimentary hotel stays, hotel savings cars, and restaurant vouchers that they can use as a part of their call to action with whatever product or service they're selling or getting people to show up on time for appointments or log into a webinar or you know use to, for loyalty program. There's a million different ways that they can use the travel incentives that we now provide to literally thousands of business owners around the world. We have more than a thousand. My Facebook group alone is almost 29,000 entrepreneurs in it that we, that we guide and help and put on webinars and our own podcast and what have you to continue to guide them and give them ideas and concepts and tips and tools on how to grow and build a successful business. That's so cool. So is this strictly for 
business owners to their employees or to employees and customers? Or how does how does that work? Most of our clients use the incentives for their clients. So they're providing the incentives out. We have people using them for employees as well to run, you know, for contests, sales contests, and then they can have the prize be one of our one of our complimentary hotel stays, like five nights in Cancun to the winner of the, the you know, the sales contest this month. Or maybe we have we have multi-level marketers, network marketing guys that use our incentives to get people to show up for opportunity meetings or to uh to you know, run quick start, uh, quick start programs with the multi-level marketing business. You know, put so many people into the business in the first ninety days, and you'll win. You know, uh, three nights in Las Vegas on us, that kind of thing. So our incentives they don't include airfare, they don't include food and beverage, or the government taxes and fees. So that's typically what our clients have to you know disclose to the end user. But that's about it. It was a simple process, no timeshare presentations, no hoops to jump through. And we've created a win-win-win. We help hotels and resorts fill rooms that would have otherwise gone empty. So we're we're um, that means we don't you can't travel on demand. I mean, there's we have about 32 out of 52 weeks a year of availability with these complimentary hotel stays. And we don't include airfare, don't include food and beverage, or the government taxes have to be paid. So other than that, the hotels win because they're filling rooms that would have likely gone empty. The Marketing Boost member wins because they have access to these incredible high value, perceived value incentives they can include with their call to action. And the end user who receives the incentive wins because they get to travel for pennies on the dollar and uh, you know have all these destinations to select from. So it's a, it's a, it's a powerful tool for business owners to add to whatever type. I had, you know, all kinds of success stories and, and, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, case studies to show people have made, you know, in some cases over a million dollars using our incentives to enhance their sales process. Uh, this is so cool. I love this idea of the win, 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 because in business, that has been something that has truly opened my eyes to the beauty of business it's not about just making a sell. It's about making a difference and an impact with each person that's contributing a part of it. So the business owner, the hotel and the customer to be able to give them that like truly valuable experience of going and having something fun. I know for me, that's a huge thing when I make a big purchase, especially to be able to have a a celebration, if you will, at the end of it, there's something to look forward to, to just know that I have my prize in place. I am a huge, huge uh, goal-oriented person. I love being able to know that at the end of something that I'm doing, I'm going to have a getaway, going to have something that I can look forward to. So that's really cool. So what on earth got you into this? Why did, as a little kid, were you dreaming of traveling all over the world or helping people do that? Or how did you get into this incentive travel agency type thing? Great, great question. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur since age nine. Um, the you know your your podcast talks about you know parenting skills and what have you. Uh, I had a good example. My mom and dad were both entrepreneurs, and uh, uh, 
willing to take big risks. I mean, my father was the first to move out of San Antonio, Texas. My entire family grew up in San Antonio, cousins, uncles, brothers, sisters. You know, we were all in San Antonio, Texas, Mexican descendants. And my father, being bilingual, was offered an opportunity to move to San Juan, Puerto Rico, to run General Electric Credit in the Caribbean. And he big took move. the job, you know, a big move and moved us thousands of miles away from the family that nobody else had, had done. Everyone else is still there pretty much. <laughs> and so we moved to Puerto Rico and, uh, you know, my dad thrived in running the, the you know, the, the GECC throughout Puerto Rico and the Caribbean. Uh, but he's also taught me one of the some amazing work ethics, including, you know, never handing out uh you know, allowance to just giving us money for nothing. One of the things I want, I remember wanting a Schwinn bicycle and he was like, well, you can, you know, you can be a good boy. Maybe Santa Claus will bring it or you can wait for your birthday. Maybe you get it for your birthday or you can go out and earn some money and, you know, buy one. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, how would I do that? So he recommended I start a paper route. And I did. And before I knew it, you know, I had to use my old bicycle for that, for the delivery of the papers. Before long, I was uh, I had the biggest paper out in Puerto Rico with, uh, with my dad's guidance, actually. I'll tell that in a moment. But, you know, I uh, I, I just and I I forgotten completely about this until a few months ago when I was going through my dad's old files. You know, he, rest in peace is no longer with me. But I found this folder with my name on it to go through, and there's a clipping of me in the front page of the newspaper that I'd forgotten all about. So I got featured on the front page of the local newspaper for having <laughs> built the biggest paper route they'd ever seen. And uh, and and back then, there was no, you know, we had to sell the, the subscriptions. We had to go back and collect the money in cash for the subscriptions or a check. Uh, my dad was teaching me, you know, handwritten spreadsheets. There were all these, you know, big green books we used to have with all the lines on it. And I had to write the customer's names, their address, and keep track of if they paid and if they how much they owed. And then I had to go back in the evenings, knock on the doors and say, you know, news, uh, collecting, you know, collecting for the newspaper and then delivery five o'clock in the morning. And I ended up recruiting. And this is another lesson for anybody listening out there is leverage, even from a very early age. I've always leveraged relationships and was, again, taught from my dad, you know, ask to ask my buddies. So I had my buddies helping me deliver the papers because I had such a big route. Uh, and then I would focus on what I enjoyed best, which was knocking on doors, selling subscriptions and collecting the cash. That was my best. The, the best part was going back and getting the money. It's like I could count my money and figure out like when I'm going to get my bicycle and then the next goal after that, my stereo system and then, you know, more albums. And, you know, and I had a huge collection of albums eventually with rock and roll. And, <laughs> and um, you know, that, that type of work ethic went on to by the time I was 23, I owned five restaurants and a nightclub. So it, it wow. um, yeah, it, it can be. And it was all really you know, the parenting style of my father and my mom, which was, you know, I never got nothing handed to me. It was always like, what are you going to do to earn it? You know, whether it be, and in today's world, I see so many parents that don't do that at all, you know, and, yeah. and it was difficult even with my kids, you know, because they grow up, we grew up in a community where nobody else had to do anything for parents to hand them everything brand new, you know, they got, when they were 16, they were driving that, you know, I moved into a nice neighborhood, right? I wanted to give my kids a better life, so I'd go into a nice neighborhood and, and uh, you know, kids are turning 16 and getting brand new Corvettes to drive around to school and or other fancy cars, and I'm not giving that to my kids, you know. They get... <laughs> 
and it's it's you know the, the expectations from children today it can be uh, way out of line with with what it ought to be, and that you've got to you know earn it along the way. That teaches the work ethics that nothing is owed to them, and that they've got to go earn you know, earn the work ethics in life, earn what it is to be in business, earn what it is to go, you know, finish school, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not easy to do as a parent, but that's, uh, at least that's my advice, is start with teaching them to, you know, whatever it be, if clean up or clean up their bedroom to earn five bucks so they can, or $10 so they can go to the movies or whatever they want, you know. Always have them, they're asking for money, make them do something to earn it rather than just hand it to them. It's easier to just hand it to them because you don't want the battle, you don't want the argument, you don't want the the grief of not, you know, why me? My friends don't have to do that for money and, you know, on and on and on. So it's easier to just hand it to them, but that's not the, you know, at least in my opinion, you know, it's uh, not the best yeah. solution. And, and let's dive into this a little bit because I know this is such a big, it's a struggle as a parent, just like you said, you have your kids, you want to give them the best things in life. You, It's fun to spoil them. It's fun to see their eyes light up at Christmas or on their birthdays with the new things. Um, and so to find that balance between that and also making sure that they appreciate work, that they know how to um, have a goal, work for it and have that fulfillment come to pass of feeling truly gratified in their own efforts. So um what would you say was like the biggest help for your kids to not battle it? How did they come to that point where this was just a rhythmic routine for you guys? Well, we struggled with that a lot more than my parents did with me and my brothers and sisters because my mom and dad were on the same page. And one of the challenges that that uh, you know, I had in, in bringing up my children was the mistake that I never got, my wife and I were never, we never got on the same page as to how we were going to rear, how we were going to bring up our children. So, you know, uh, one of us was trying to push one way and the other, the other, the other way. Sure. And, and one of us, you know, always defending whatever the, child did and the other one trying to push discipline and man that could become a, a big challenge so one advice i would have for any you know couple getting together or, have, does, or getting ready to have children or you already have children is really i didn't do this so i'm talking about something that you know i didn't do but I, now that i'm older look back on my kids are already in their 30s uh they both turned out fine but there would have been a lot less stress if along the way if my wife and i could have taken some serious time to sit down and really analyze, uh, discuss what our beliefs are and how we want to rear our children what discipline what you know what are the rules and can what can we agree on or dis, you know and, and compromise on or what have you so that we're on the same page all the time and we didn't do that so there was definitely confusing messaging going on with with you know my children growing up versus the way I grew up you know and so yeah. uh, I grew up and there was you know no problem with you know, my dad didn't spare the rod but you know doing that with for example with my kids didn't wasn't going to work because of the we weren't on the same page scenario <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so w whatever it is the point being 
be on the same page would be the message I give to parents. And that's going to take some, you know, sit down and argue it out. But you've got to be, uh, you've, you've, I think you should come up with, you know, whether you have to find counseling as, a, as parents to help guide you, because there's no manual, there's no perfect manual on how to be a parent. But if there's one idea I would share is, you know, make sure you're at least on the same page. And that's going to at least not be conflicting messaging from mom or dad. You know, so. Yes. And being able to be looking back in hindsight is such a gift. So those listening, like truly pay attention because so often we think that we need to just try it ourselves and buckle through and just lean into the hard times. But we can take these lessons from Marco and others who have experienced it and know the confusion that it provides and the disorientation and just the stress that things can turn out to be. And his advice of getting on the same page, he he gave a clear um, example of exactly how to do that. Share your beliefs, the why behind why you think it should be both ways and listen to that. Something that I love about parenting is no true parents are the same. No two kids are the same. And kids will learn from every single thing that they go through in life. They are going to learn. We are beings of growth. You cannot stop that. So as long as you're on the same page and you do what Marco's suggesting of have those hard conversations and take the time to do that, then you'll be able to teach your kids moving forward in a way that isn't confusing and isn't stressful for everybody involved. So that's a beautiful example of how to help your kids know um, the value of work and know the value of being able to feel achieved off of their own efforts. So then moving, oh, I also wanted to address, you said that there isn't any blueprint or exact way to do parenting. And that's like what my program is all about. So I just had to throw that in there, that if there is, come join my program. If you feel like there isn't this like go-to, these are the steps to parenting. That was my biggest like frustration as a new mom business has step-by-step principles of what to follow in order to be successful, hobbies, sports, everything has these step-by-step guides. And yet we believe that parenting, you just have the most important job ever. You just have to cross your fingers and wing hope it. And you'll yeah. just wing it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we don't need to do that anymore. There, There is a step-by-step guide that you can follow. And I give that away for free. There's principles and it's the coolest thing. I love it. I geek out about it. Anyways, uh, come back. That's on. cool. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have your access to you back with. And so, <laughs> And so what we did do, for example, big mistake, I mean, because we would enable, you know, well, I, I don't want to get into, I hate to, I hope my kids don't hear the show, but, <laughs> but you know, my, my daughter, she happened to be like the perfect child. So she didn't need uh, as much guidance and she happened to be, you know, she was up, studied hard and wanted to get her A's and never really gave us a lot of trouble. And if she did do things that she shouldn't have done, we didn't know about it. She was smart in that. In that as well, we didn't find out until years later the stuff she was pulling off in high school and stuff. She was smart about what, you know, how she was yeah. skipping school here and there and getting away with it because she still had straight A's. But my but my son, on the other hand, you know, he, we would, well, because my wife and I were on the same page, we ended up enabling him to, to look for this short, the, the, take the shortcuts and not, you know, not study and not, you know, just all kinds of uh, you know, mistakes along the way that that took him in, in wrong directions that, you know, he's uh, obviously he's grown out of them now, but it, it didn't, it, it didn't help him. It gave him, you know, it kind of put him on the uh, a path of, 
you know, what he thought was a path of least resistance growing up for taking the easy route for everything because he didn't want to put in the work ethic. Later on in life, it, you know, he's five, seven, eight, ten years behind a lot of his peers because he just did not, you know, did not have that work ethic early on that now he realizes in a hurry and he's catching up fast. But, you know, now all of a sudden he's a, he's a husband and a father and he's like, you know, way, you know, like, wake up call, you know, late, late bloomer here to get things uh, done in life. And he still has, of course, the, you know, the parent examples from his mother and I, but, but he could have had a lot easier life if he had done uh, certain things along the way sooner, younger, yeah. and done things, you know, had those work ethics put in place and had, had not been allowed to the enabling of him, you know, getting off the hook for everything. And, and uh, that's what I mean about parenting on the same page, because yeah. if not, you your, you know, you you might regret um, how your child is coming out. You know, one thing I've always I get a kick out of. You know, if, you, if you're you got to grow kids up to at least make sure that other people like them. <laughs> because if you if you're bringing up little brats and other people don't like them, they're going to struggle in life. You know that uh, they've uh, they've got to be given the discipline to make sure they know how to behave in public. Well, I want to bring up two different things here. One, I love that you said um, that he's doing great now. I think that so often as parents with little kids, we can stress out about the future of like, what are they going to be? How is it going to be for them? If they don't get straight A's now, they're going to be a failure later on in life. And we worry, worry, worry. And it, it's not the case. Like we are beings of growth. We will continue to learn. If we don't learn the lessons now, we will learn them later. Hope is not lost. I love that lesson. The second thing that I wanted to point out here, though, is this idea that your kids grew up differently, raised by the same parents and grew up differently. This is something that every single family experiences. I've experienced it. My my oldest is drastically different from my second and my third and my fourth. Like they're all very different human beings and they're coming out very different, even though we treat them all the same. And I think this is something that is frustrating because it's like, how do you help each one? But it's also when you have the blueprint that I, I give, like you can know how to utilize each one of those things to unlock their hidden potentials, to be able to know why they're failing, why they don't put in the work ethic. What is the gaps in parenting that, that isn't getting across to them? For me, um, I did every single thing that my parents wanted me to do as a kid. I did everything they asked. And as long as I stayed in line, they were super proud of me. But the moment I did something of my own volition, something of my own hobbies, some, an interest, I was immediately like they were disappointed. They were frustrated with why would I do that? And I, I just bring this up because it wasn't that something was wrong with me. It was just that my brain worked differently. I had different needs. And so I love, Marco, that you brought up that both of your kids are doing very well now and they're in a good spot because if we can tune into that as parents and what our kids' strengths are, then we can start to move forward in a way that everybody is not stressed out and it's not chaos. So now that you have your business, your kids are going through the high school years and you're putting in the work ethic, you're trying to figure those things out. What would you say was the um, number one, I'm trying to think of the, the verbiage here, the number one tool that or, or let's put it this way. What would you say is a story from your past that enabled you to connect with your kids on a deeper level? What is like a huge memory for you 
that helped you and your son or you and your daughter connect where you knew that things were going to work out? You knew that things were going to be okay for the future. Hmm. Um, yeah, each one was different. Um, my son, in his case, um, when he turned 16, I started, you know, putting, sending him. He, once he got his driver's license and could drive, I used to do trade shows all over the state of Florida. And uh, it was, you know, I, I did start teaching him that work ethic as well. And he would have to, um, you know, I, I would, he didn't like it, but I would make him drive to set up the, the shows at the, you know, and take a trailer full of stuff and have to go set up the entire trade show with him and a buddy or something. And it was a huge responsibility back then, you know, and he he lived up to it, but, you know, he had to go and back before GPS, you know, he, he was having to go find his way to the convention <laughs> center <laughs> and yeah, find his way to a convention center in a new city or new town and, you know, speak to adults about where the booth was set up and haul everything in and set it all up and tear it all down and, and earn a paycheck. And, you know, he had some major uh, failures in some of those, but, you know, again, we, in my mind, that was a, an opportunity where we really began to communicate with each other on a, on a, on a, on a business level and on a personal level and on a growth uh, area, as well as my involvement with his sports but, you know, in a way, sadly, the real deepness didn't come through until my late wife passed, was, was passing away from, from, uh, from lung cancer. And, you know, then my children and I were able to, uh, I guess, really become deep, a deep relationship that we have today that that we didn't have when they were growing up, you know. It's it's a uniqueness today that is that is uh, very special for me. Sure. Yeah. So. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry for for passing cancer. Uh, it's seeing that pain for a loved one. That's the worst. Um, yeah. But the fact that you shared that one, you leaned into those hard situations with. It could have been easier for you to go set up those events on your own. It could have been less stressful to just figure out how to pay someone else to do it. But the fact that you leaned into that hard situation and were willing to embrace that it was going to bring up hard conversations, but it was going to bring up conversations, ones that you could work through together, ones that you could collaborate and figure out and figure out what things, um, your limits, your limits, his limits. I think that is a valuable thing that we need to not walk away from so much as we do as parents uh, often. It's easy. So, but the other thing that I really like, again, is this theme that it's not the end. After childhood, you're not no longer a parent. You have found a deep connection with your kids now and they're grown and um, right. You just turned a grandpa a few months ago, correct? No, in five more weeks, I'll be your grandpa. Oh, so, in five weeks, time. I'll be your grandpa. Five oh, weeks. that's so exciting. <laughs> Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? It's a girl on the way. So, oh, yeah, pretty, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Oh, well, congratulations. Well, is there any last tip that you would like to give parents in hindsight, looking back of what you wish um, you would have known in the beginning? Um. Uh, Take more time to 
to to be there. You know, I was I was uh, I guess in my case I was more worried about being the provider for most of those young years, and then the next thing you know, they're they're walking them down the aisle or what have you, and and you realize. You know, you, you needed to be there more. So if I could go back and do it again, I'd be finding more time to make sure that my wife isn't the only one enjoying all the time with them as they're in their youth, but that I <laughs> that I too was more in their lives. Uh, I mean, I was, but I, I would have liked to have been more. So yeah. that would be my message to parents: both, you know, find a way to make sure that you're in their lives, in their activities, in their, you know coaching, sports, whatever it might be, whatever their interests are, get involved and be there as often as possible. I love that. Find their interests, get involved with their interests, what they like to do. Uh Oh, good. So those listening, if they're... I lost my audio. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Are you back? Let me know when you're back. Hello. I can hear can you. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. <laughs> okay, good. That's all that counts. I, I think I may have lost my audio portion. I can barely hear you now, so I've changed speakers here. Okay. There. Is that better? A little bit better. Yes. Good. Okay. Well, for everybody listening and they're connecting with your story and they want to know more about what you do and how to get involved with these incentives and how to incorporate that into their business, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. One real plug on that again for if, if you're a parent, an entrepreneur, you might want to look at marketingboostsolutions.com, marketingboostsolutions.com. And on that site, we do have, uh, you know, my podcast show where I interview business experts and what have you, as well as access to our incentive, which is only $37 a month. And it gives you the ability to have access to these uh, amazing uh, value add incentives that you can add to whatever your business is all about, whatever your call to action is, get people involved in taking action with you. So marketingboostsolutions.com and join our Facebook group. That's free. Over 29,000 entrepreneurs. You can search for Marketing Boost uh, on Facebook. Oh, perfect. And I will be sure to add those links as well so people can find you easy that way. And we will see you all next time. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.